With the recent resurgence in the popularity of traditional heavy metal, there are a few acts that stand head and shoulders above the rest. Haunt is definitely one of those bands. The M3 crew had the chance to sit down with the mastermind and madman behind Haunt and Beastmaker, Trevor William Church. Enjoy. magic don't feel bad if you don't remember like my name because i it just it happens it's cool as long as you don't come in like dick face until you actually know me you know it's just like hey dude you yeah it's, I mean, it's fine. that's kind of is it that kind of the uh that's the way it's done though isn't it you're always like we know who you're talking you, to you don't know until you're put in that position what to do and <laughs> i find my i find myself in that position a lot and i i just i i I find it's more polite just to go along with it and try to kind of backtrack my memory real quick, kind of go in the backlog, be like, all right. Because some people will be like, dude, I talk to you on Instagram all the time. What's your name? Because, like, everybody's name's all fucked up on Instagram. That's what I don't <laughs> like about the group. It's like, I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, Stoner Metal 666. What's up, bro? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I don't know if you guys are old men like me, but do you guys remember ICQ from, like, 1990s? Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's when you thought you had like a different name. It's like Instagram, like we went through MySpace where we got to be ourselves, Facebook where we got to be ourselves, and then we get to Instagram where all of a sudden we're like, nah, forget it. Like, I'm, I'm somebody else here. I love it. He says he gets to be himself. Shit, I have yet to do I always use an alias or something, even on Facebook. <laughs> I'm using an alias right now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I honestly was thinking about that the other day. I was like, because it's, it's really crazy out there right now. Uh-huh. Pretty, I mean, the political the political st stuff we're dealing with i'm just like i'm not saying anything i'm done like i i had done some i i did like this donation with some bands we came together for some money to help some causes and i caught so much shit for it i basically was in a three-day argument no joke and after i was done i told my wife i was like i'm never doing that again i was like i'll just fucking i was like i was like the amount of money i raised i would have just given that do you know what I mean? I would have just been like to avoid right. the three days of me having to like defend myself for like a really kind of just cause seemed really obnoxious. I was just like, God, like I can't, I'm like, I'm not 
fucking even making anybody do anything. It's a specific item. If you want to fucking donate, this is what you buy. The proceeds go to it. End of discussion. Now, oh, now I, know I was going to get into a political fucking fiasco. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? I even had a guy go, I don't think this is good for haunt, man. I'm from Fresno and, you know, like everybody here is like, so pumped that like there's a sign band here and like yada 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 and you guys doing things. And it's weird when they say you guys. I think they, they, they mean to say me. I'm like, who the fuck do you think runs this shit? <laughs> <laughs> like, guys like it's me so i'm just <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm, deal, I'm dealing with everything like i'm recording the records i'm shipping the merch i'm answering bands i'm getting fucking yelled at by people saying that this is a bad move i shouldn't get political and i'm like if you ever listen to my fucking music there's a lot of political stuff in there i always have done this for years sometimes it's very off cue that you wouldn't get immediately and i don't like specifically say names of people i don't like but it's obvious the person that i'm not into right now it's very fucking clear um and it's just like Fuck, man. Like, when did everything be, like, I just feel like I'm starting to get pretty up there in my age. I'm not, like, a super young dude. I'm, I'm about to get, I'm going to be over the hill next year, technically, <laughs> like, officially. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going like, man, I'm looking back upon all my years being in the punk scene and being, you know, in the metal scene and everything, all the all the music and stuff that's like always been some, some of it very politically motivated stuff that I've listened to in the past. And, um, you know, I am just like really shocked at the divide of things. I'm like, well, what, a Republican can't listen to Haunt just because I don't fucking like this one guy? <laughs> I never said, like, every single one of these guys sucks. I don't fucking know them. I just see the dude on TV that can't shut his fucking mouth. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that's where I'm at right now. I'm like, everybody else, I'm like, Mitt Romney, I don't even, I'm like, I like I could go back and go, there was never really a Republican I would vote for, but there was never a Republican I truly despise until, to say enough of it, but it's crazy to think that, like, just a music dude like myself, I get caught up in the crossfire of it, and I'm probably the least little dude out there. There's bands that dedicate their life to that shit, and I saw a lot of metal bands get a lot of stuff, so it just makes me really realize that the metal scene might have a little bit more racial stuff going on than I even want to look at. I'm, I, like I said. Like, I think if you look I'm hard done. enough, you we're can find it. End, we're going to end it oh, right yeah. here so we can move on now to bigger and better things. I just think I music know. is an outlet anyway, so you should just, I mean, that's how I feel better. Yeah. <laughs> Put it out there. Yeah, I mean, it's out there, but it's not anything like like unusual, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm from California. I live in the valley with all, I mean, I, I don't even know. I don't know. I guess I just don't see, I just don't see what's happening outside sometimes because like where I do live, but I'm watching it on TV and I'm just like, man, this is really heavy stuff. Um, and the COVID thing, that's like, it's just like, today, Dude, that shit stresses news, me. I'm God. just sitting here going like, God damn everybody for trying to fucking speed up a process that no one has any fucking control of. Let's right. just do what we have to do to get through this shit fast and get it done. Like, let's just get it done. If you have to suffer for a little bit, well, guess what, motherfucker? Life is suffering. That's an life adult. Is about, <laughs> life is about to suffer. You have not lived unless you have suffered the yin and the fucking yang. You, that's just really like, you don't have, you can't tell me about life unless shit has hit the fan number of different times where right. you have been in, on the bottom and been able to rise back up. So right now we all have suffered and it fucking sucks. Believe me, I don't want to be sitting in here anymore. Well, I love it here actually. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> behind me, I'm like, why would I ever need to go anywhere? Says the man who puts out albums like crazy. 
Yeah, Every why day. do I need to go anywhere? <laughs> Everything is right here in my fucking studio. I'm like, well, but I did go, I did go to, um, I went to the, um, we have a place down the street called Gazebo Gardens where they sell plants and shit. And I went and got some grow mulch today for our front yard. So I do occasionally leave, but I'm very, very wary of it all the time. Every time I go somewhere, I'm almost like, why isn't this motherfucker wearing a mask right now? Just put it on so I don't have to fuck around. I'm just trying to be clean as possible in and out of this motherfucker. As little human contact as possible so I can go back to doing what I'm doing. I haven't had to change shit. My life has basically just been the same. I keep secluded, sequestering yeah. myself in my own room, and I, I just I, record my music and release it, and that's it. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really know. I just don't, you know, I don't like the fact they can't go play live. And, you know, a lot of people are upset. That's that what I miss. That they don't get to go to their favorite restaurants or something, but all my favorite restaurants are open, and I just get a takeout. It's not like the end of the world, you know. I'm like fucking takeout. I'm married with kid and have a kid. I don't fucking go and hang out at a restaurant. That's, 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 like, a, that's like a job. It's like fuck. I don't get to eat that point now. Like now I gotta sit there and like watch what my kid doing because he's only he turns one in like eight days. So. Oh great! So he's grabbing anything and shoving it in his yeah, face. Yeah, and and he's throwing his food everywhere. So it's not like it's an enjoyable restaurant sitting it's like all right see how this goes and usually he's really good i shouldn't say anything bad he's actually the the best but he, he has his moments when he starts to get like fed up being there that's when the food starts going to the ground you're just like dude all of this he'll just like wipe the whole plate onto the ground yeah like, i'm done this is what you guys know no more nothing beats the mini vacations as a new parent whenever because you don't get a break there is no break there is no there is no rest and if you know you got this thing with you for the next 18 years if you're lucky maybe longer depends on <laughs> what, what they end up being regardless oh. so when you load the kid into the car seat it's these mini vacations that's what you live for you shove the kid in the seat you clasp the buckle you get out of the car you shut the fucking door and you just have to you lean on the hood of, on the roof of the car and you just breathe for a little bit and it's five to ten second mini vacation until the kids start kick something and you're like oh fuck here we go and then you gotta walk and get in the car seat and I'm drive off by all the laughter we're all dad here i'm guilty i am <laughs> i'm not i'm not but i deal with kids i know about i'm it. not either it's like it's like it's so real i'm sitting here going like yeah you don't get a break man until until they're in bed that's it like but it gets until better going to bed you're lucky like luckily like for me i work from home so i get the luxury of going like well i'm going to the office and this is it like <laughs> you know but my wife understands she knows how important me documenting my musical journey is so and that definitely always, helps. It's always been that way. I told her the day we started dating, because, like, all my past girlfriends were that day just did not understand, like, what I needed to do. And then I, I need that, like, I need that space, you know what I mean? Where it's like, you have to let me just go. I got to go do this. There's nothing that, it's not that I don't want to spend time with you. It's that this is going to be on my mind <laughs> while we are hanging out. So would you rather <laughs> me not be in my mind or you want to enjoy it too in my mind you know so that it's a real thing and it take you real it's really hard to find somebody that like is geared to that you know it's a weird one man i'll tell you what but i found her that's, that's very true that's hold on to her <laughs> hold on to her then better better whole, mind your p's and q's hey you know what you know what man um i i've been on lots of tours and i've toured with lots of bands and i uh, most relationships i see on that are on the road they are arguing every fucking day they got 
Yes. And I'm like sitting there going, I've only had to call my wife for 15 minutes once a day. Haven't you seen Spinal Tap? You never bring the chick on the road with you. No, no it's <laughs> not that. They do, they bring it now on their phone. Oh, God in heaven. Now. Yeah, back then, then, see, the bottom... Then, Back then, the girl wouldn't go, and she just be, now they just want to text you all. They just text like, "What are you doing?" I saw this picture of you <laughs> hanging out with this girl on Instagram, and it's just like, "Oh wow!" I don't personally do that. Like my wife knows, like when I go out on the road, it's more like a business trip right. for me because I don't get to relax as the leader of all and the DIY thing that I do. It's just like I'm the fucking tour manager, road manager, the driver, the merch guy. Ain't yeah. got time for all that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm proud of it. I personally don't that's really, right. when I go out there, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to like, I'm not trying to like, just like hang out, go party or do whatever. All right. We're connecting with fans. It's, I'm not going to be the, I'm not going to be backstage, like getting, that's why you're there. My collective people of friends. I'm going to be at the merch table most of, the, most of the time. And most people that have seen us could probably know that I'll, I'll be over there quite a bit. Um, but sometimes I do get, I get drawn away. Uh, the, a good old joint. Somebody brings me a joint in a fucking in Texas, always you know, a welcome I'm sight. I'm out. Texas, I'm like, I'm straight to that joint so fast you couldn't even. Pl you blink your eye and I'm gone. You know, <laughs> I smell weed in Texas and I'm gone. I'm like, oh, there it is, there it is. Help me. And what is your live? What's your live show look like? Because it's only you. So like, do you have Girl, strings attached to your feet and no, the bass drum? Or I've had I've had a live band the whole time basically that I, since I started playing. <laughs> um, I I I um, picked John Tucker to play bass and Beastmaker with me. He's always been a great guitar player, so he was like always my first pick. And when I first wrote Luminous Eyes and recorded the demo stuff, I brought it over. I was like, hey, just so you know, I've been like doing this other thing and it might take off. And if it does, do you want to come play guitar? And he was like, yeah. So there's that. And then um, <laughs> Beastmaker's merch guy, Daniel, he played drums on Luminous Size, and he's kind of been here and there in the studio with me. He's had a lot of health problems over the years, um, but um, he worked out. I, had, I went through a couple bass. Bass players are a big problem here in Fresno, and I lucked out. Here too. One of my old friends um, popped out of nowhere just at a show I was at one day, and I'd known this kid since he was 17. He's significantly younger than him. I could be his really, really older brother, almost dad. If I if I was a teen dad, you know, yeah, like, right. he could be my son that's how young my bass player is compared to me so i feel like i'm dad on the road i'm always looking out for him i'm like don't fuck up I'm a fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Rally, we're Taylor, you know like all we need him like, you know i just don't want anybody to do anything dumb you know like i'm just a real mature level headed guy i just don't like drama and there's just things that music can bring a lot of drama into people's lives unfortunately i don't know why but it just is a reality of being a musician it's like you could get drunk one night, and the next thing, you, the next day, your your fucking whole world's flipped upside down, and that's like a real musician's world. You know what I mean? Like this happens a lot. I feel, but I think music brings on some emotion it out of people. Brings out a wild party sometimes, especially in that I don't expect. Like Spain, my God, they crazy over there. I didn't even know that that's how part I, I thought, you know, I was like, man, Bay, and I was, I, I, as I'm sitting there in the backstage warming up at 2.30 a.m. preparing to go live for an hour that they had me arrive at the venue at 5. I'm like, why the fuck did I have to get here at 5 o'clock if I'm playing at 2.30 a.m.? Good lord. We we got home at 5 in the morning. That was crazy. And I thought the place would have been emptied. If it was America, there'd be two people there for you at, 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 that, at that hour. The drunkest people there. 
<laughs> the best fans. The drunkest remains and the and the super fans that could actually hold their eyes open, Bill. But sure enough, we had age and we couldn't even get off the stage. They were like, look, more song, look. I was just like, fuck. <laughs> and we played our ending set. So I was like, oh, man, I want more even after the long. Oh, man. So How long was that long set? It was an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> Great, yay. That's a long fucking set for original. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'm like, we don't have age, so shit. Like, it's just us playing, so it's like, I don't get to go take a five-minute break, wardrobe change, and come out. I'm sitting there just dripping sweat, going, huh. Imagine <laughs> playing tennis for an hour and 15 minutes straight without an actual little break. They, they take a break, like, every 20 minutes. They're like, all right, hold on, towel off, get a drink, you know, dry their hands off at least. In the music world, Fuck no, you get no, you get none of that. You got to keep it going. You got to keep it going. I'm looking at my guys. We're all gray, sweating so heavily at that gig. It was funny. It was a good time. Spain's a lot. I, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you. I, I, my, um, going into it, I was like, Spain, I've never toured here. This is my fourth European tour and I've never set foot here. Oh man, I like, that's where I want to go. I go to Europe now, <laughs> Spain. I'm like, Germany, they got terrible weather. You get to Barcelona and it's like California. <laughs> God, I wish I, I, wish I, I could I, tour I, Europe so bad. Dude, I didn't even fucking, you know, I'm always in a tank hop. I, it, it, like, the other day, it was 107 here. So, I'm, I'm, like, geared for heat wave type stuff. I don't have heavy clothes. So, I get to Spain, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't have to put on a jacket, nothing. I felt right at home. And, and the next fucking, after we toured the for, like, five shows there, back to Germany, and I was fucking frozen immediately i was like god damn i was like that's a big shift in eight hours like you could drive eight hours here up the coast or you could be in mexico in eight hours and it's hot as fucking hell and you could even drive up to oregon in eight hours i think you might be able to get to like uh medford uh oregon which is like really is is about right as, as far north in california you can get and being on the border of oregon so southern oregon um and it's still fucking hot there so it's like <laughs> i mean we got some mountainous stuff around us but i mean i don't really spend a lot of time acclimating to terrible weather conditions so that's what europe really is for me is a bad weather situation what's yeah. your, what's your uh, touring been like are you able to do live streaming or anything with all this going on um i have i've been straying from that just because like i i don't really like having band practice because i'm like a songwriter kind of person i'm like the creator and like i like to just like when we when we do rehearse i'm like i look at it as two days that i'm not writing so <laughs> I have like a whole different mentality of it. I'm like, well, we're never going to be able to play all the songs I write live. So when it comes time to really like go do a tour or something, I've already just picked out or asked the fans like, what do you guys want to hear? I got, you get 12 songs and I let them pick them and then I go through them and then I pick a couple like maybe that I want to do that they didn't pick just because like it feels right. And then we just rehearse the fuck out of them. Like there's How no, long like, are those sessions usually? Three hours. We do Whoa. three hours straight. Not too shabby. Three hours straight. We don't jam. So there's Good. not, there's not really like, we don't really fuck around and during that time. We take a break and have a joint break and we talk when we're doing this. And, um, but we really get down to it. But sometimes, like, you know, like, we get some of these so tight, we just go through the first, we go through the set. And once, once we're like, well, fuck, that was about as good as it's going to get, we'll just call it right there. So a lot of times we don't even get to that three hours anymore because some of these songs we've been playing a long time. So I need to put them down. 
yeah, we don't really have to practice them. But, I mean, we're very unprepared as far as the new material goes. Uh, nobody knows how to play any of it. I did the whole, I did the whole last record by myself, so... I had nobody in here at all, so it was a little bit different. You know, you... flashback? Yeah, flashback was all entirely done during coronavirus time here, and um, just not really, it's not that I didn't really want to work with anybody anymore, it's just like the, the trial and error that I learned through this band. I just really kind of was longing for the feeling that I got in Beastmaker when I was like doing the EPs really quickly, because like the band was going to break up. Like we're not really broken up, we're like hiatus, an indefinite hiatus until we are summoned with the right opportunity. Um, but since that th those things were happening, I just told everybody, I was like, look, I got 40 songs that are unreleased. There's no way that you guys are going to be able to learn 40 songs as, long, as fast as I want. I'm going to do this alone. And nobody really had anything to say about it. And I really enjoyed, and I, I mean, I wrote all of it. It wasn't like it was like a collaborative thing where it was like, well, I wrote all It was like, no, nah, dude, I, I, I came up with everything anyway, so who fucking cares? And those guys are grown-ass men, and they're just like, yeah, dude, this is your fucking shit. Do what you got to do. Like, Let's play some fucking metal. <laughs> Well, I mean, they they looked at it like this. Like, we, we started, we were, like, really collaborative and stuff. But once Haunt kind of got rolling, like, we just stopped playing. And then John really was like, I don't want to play bass anymore. I just want to do guitar. I don't want to do two bands. And neither did I. So it just seemed like the right move. And then as I was been just so plagued, it's, it sounds weird to, to you know, say, like, I, I really haven't really liked um, anything that Haunt's done until right now with Flashback. Everything oh. else has been problematic. And, and annoying to me and it's been really weird, weird to say that because like it, it's been successful you know for a small band to get this much acclaim and like it hasn't even been a full three years yet um it's pretty impressive you know we got the cover of decibel magazine in like two and a half years that's what's um, up I yeah, that's my, quite an achievement. I was talking to Riley from Power Trip one time. We had played this festival, and we, we were staying at a hotel, and we were hanging out in the spa just talking, and he was like, it took us 10 years to get the cover, is what he told me. He's like, fucking, you get it in two and a half years? He's like, you're doing something right. And he's like, don't fucking let anybody tell you otherwise. I've had loads of people, everybody won't tell me otherwise all the time. I'm like, look, you got to just let me take the journey because I'm not that guy. Once you start hammering away at me, I'm going to start coming unraveled, and I'm just like, I, I get confused. Confused. I'm just like I just work bet so much better alone. Um, Amen. I don't know. I, I'm not saying that somebody could do my shit better than I can. I'm just saying that it is a lot faster and a lot less stressful and more fun to do it alone. I'm an only child too, so it kind of goes. It, it kind of goes down that road of like I am very self-entertained. <laughs> right. It doesn't take a lot. Like you start adding other people in the room, then I'm like, man, I could have got this done already just by the amount of time we've had to sit. We all know that one, when you get the band practice, there's like at least 45 minutes talking. I, yep. could, I could record all the drums and 45 minutes to a song. So I think like that, I'm like, I'm like trying to be time efficient. I'm like, I'm going to have okay, Peacemaker, Peacemaker put out. Let's see. I think I did. I think I have like 80 published songs with Beastmaker in 
three years, there's no telling that I'm going to have 80. Well, I guess I won't have that many with Haunt, but I'm going to have like quite a few songs piling up that, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I some people say slow down. I say go while I'm interested. Don't slow down. No, don't no, slow down. I'm going. I'm good. I'm we gonna say this, this violent speed right momentum. Now, I know I know myself <laughs> really well. And there will be a day that comes where I'm not going to want to do this like I am right now. This is, this is just a reality. I think a lot of people, their drive and energy is the best when you're really young in it. You know, the longer you go, the more you start changing, the more you start evolving, the more you start wanting other things. I'm not saying that I won't put out haunt records. I'm just stating that like right now, I'm really passionate about it. So it's really good to get that energy out while it's there instead of waiting. I've hated how everything has come out because I'm like sitting here going, I, some things have been overanalyzed, some things have been underanalyzed, and it's taken me up to this point to finally realize it. And I think with flashback, if you guys have listened to it, it's really like a nice, I don't know, I just find it really welcoming. Like I could listen to it and I'm not angry about something. Right. Because a lot of people wouldn't know know that about like the record for me. Um, like there's been frustrations because of illnesses and just me having to grow as a musician as well. You gotta realize like I've really like as a drummer, I've only been playing drums for eight years. I've only been tracking drums for five. And that isn't that long. I've been playing guitar for like 26 years, 27. I don't even know. Really long time. I think I started really honing in my guitar playing when I was like 12. So, I mean, I played before that, but I was, I was, I was like three chords. I could play Inner Sandman, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and I thought it was tight. I was like, did, 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 did. And I was like, yeah. That's but, all you need. Yeah, that was it. And, uh, you know, at, at 10, and, you know, when you go to your friend's house and, you, and you're like, oh, I can play that Metallica song. They're like, whoa, <laughs> like superstar at 10. You get to be in your 20s and nobody gives a shit if you can play Inner Sandman anymore. <laughs> They're like, what? Why are you fucking playing that fucking crappy riff? Get out of here. Poker. Hey, so quick question. With yeah. your dad being a, uh, I'll say a bigger, <laughs> a big time musician, when you first started playing, what kind of guitars did you have access to at that time? So I used to play this Epiphone coronet that my, my dad's a bass player, so there wasn't a lot of guitars. Still got the connects, though. He can still get you a nice one, you know. Well, I mean, you got to realize he was bass player in the 70s he came out of all that stuff broker than a fucking joke man because like that's how that kind of shit went so mm. not really um and he kind of gave up music to be honest to raise me so it was like i think it was like a weird thing for my dad because he played with sammy for all those years and i think he was just like really kind of just like the people that were offering him gigs after that he wasn't really into the music that much he knew Sammy was a good writer, you know? Right. He always said Sammy's a questionable singer, but he's a good writer, whatever that means. <laughs> I think Sammy's a great singer, personally. Um, I, I mean, he's, he's... I was just watching Van Hagar today and just going, wow, they were a really impressive band, you know? Like, on all fronts, they all kicked ass. And that, that says a lot, you know? Right. Well, hell yeah. I mean, they are undeniably, like, rock god. Every yeah. single one of those guys. Exactly. Michael Anthony, bass god. Eddie Van Halen, guitar god. Alec Van Halen, drum god. Even though his drum shit isn't the most technical shit, doesn't it's matter. Really, his hard. 
it's a complimentary to the songs like nobody's business. He could do the straight one four rock beat, but somehow when you hear it, you go, that's Alex Van Halen. Like there's just this like, I think it's the hi-hat. He does this, a lot of like, you know, he's always doing like eighth notes on the hi-hat. Instead of just going, he's always going, in a way, and it's just so bright. I don't know. Keeps you going though. Keeps the momentum going. It does. There is a way that he did it that was unique, and that, that and and that light to me, that's what makes an amazing drummer. Is like when you could like play to the song instead yeah. of fucking riffing everywhere. Every <laughs> when I started getting into like you know my dad, when my dad really started like paying attention to my music career, mainly started with Beastmaker because he was like he hates Black Sabbath. Don't even get him started on that shit. <laughs> he thinks that none of them. He says that none of them could play. He's like, we played, he's like we played with those guys they were so terrible live it was it was a tragedy <laughs> that's a I hot mean, take right I, there i have to say i mean we're talking about a dude that toured a lot with boston and journey that's impressive and those two bands right there that that is a different caliber of, of <laughs> claimmanship and we all could admit to that i'm sure for sure yeah, yeah. yeah. boston is next level we all love Black Sabbath. You know? yes. I got it right here. But when it comes to like skill, I'm sorry, Boston is way harder to play. Mm. It just is because all those guys have to sing. Right. So similar them. to the Eagles. Yeah. The Eagles, uh, legitimate band. Eagles are in very impressive with what they can do. That to be a singer, everybody in the band to be a singer is and a drummer. Really hard to find, <laughs> dude. Really, yeah. I'm almost impossible. Don Henley is one of my favorite musicians. <laughs> He's fucking phenomenal. I mean, I always people like always tell me they're like, you know, like you should take it to like, you know, you need to be more metal like Reese Dickinson or Rob Halford I'm just like that that's just not me guys sorry I don't I'm like I like it just a simple melody you don't have to go over the top and you learn those things from classic rock band I feel right. especially like Thin Lizzy you're gonna tell me that he goes off the fucking rails like very rarely his, his thing's like this emotional croon you know and it's like not exactly some crazy high-pitched vibrato but i would take bill linnett over ah, i can't say that actually <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i was gonna say i'd take bill linnett over priest but man that's a tough one Somebody i don't know if i can uh, go with that one. question who do you like better thin lizzie or judas priest Fuck. Pre <laughs> i don't, I don't I heard think it's an equitable question <laughs> i almost don't even know how to answer that i'm like i stumped myself I'm like, wait a minute, you're gonna say that? But I, you know what? You know what stopped me? It's Sad Wings of Destiny. If it wasn't for Sad Wings, Thin Lizzy might take it because I think Thin Lizzy has more, I think I like their albums more as a whole than I do Judas Priest, unfortunately. Just yeah, but Judas, <laughs> Judas Priest has painkiller, man. I mean, that's gotta <laughs> count for something. They, I think it all does. They, I, think <laughs> whole, I think their whole collective thing has been really impressive that they'd never really stuck to one thing they were able to, evolve all those years i i i get inspired by that because i'm like well, yeah all right these dudes started as hippies but ended up as bikers <laughs> right you can see the change it reflects all of it it changed musically even you know a lot and yeah. um did it change for the better? Who knows? I mean, that's happy. Fate, fate took them that way, and it definitely made their live show better. It's so. really tough to quantify, honest, and, and I'm not even just speaking for me. It's just really, it is tough to quantify just how much painkiller impacted, <laughs> like, the universe of music and live shows and musicality and even if people that don't like it, people really don't understand when Rob Halford let loose and basically showed that he was the human version of Starscream and oh, yeah. what, what that did to propel Judas Priest. It's like Halford did what a guitarist does 
to the band. Or when the drummer starts laying four on the floor and he hits that groove, you know, and then the guitar player just starts wailing, he starts jamming out, he catches that cool rhythm, kind of like Iced Earth will do, and then you start headbanging, you just get into it, or what Metallica, you'd see them get in the zone when they play Master of Puppets. Yeah. Halford would do that with his voice, because that had never been done. The only, you were talking about Boston, they had done it, but they were happy pop rock. Yeah. Halford was doing it, and he sounded like goddamn Starscream, <laughs> wheeling down from Cybertron, somebody was about to get their ass kicked, and he did it for a whole album. It just, <laughs> trying <laughs> to quantify that I change. Mean, and then they evolved before. It, it will honestly be, he's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Tragedy. That is that's a joke no. <laughs> a bad I, you are I, right I find, it, I find it hard to fathom because I'm sitting here and going like the talent uh, Metallica, is there Metallica didn't they get they got inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame so did Michael Jackson yeah. um, so what's so, the Hall of Fame about anyway then huh? <laughs> yeah I mean that could be I guess it could be a bot thing or whatever but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to not put Judas Priest in there, they have influenced so many. I mean, I'm influenced by them, definitely. There's Maybe no doubt about that. And um, the fact that his, he, uh, I don't know. I guess they didn't have enough hits. I don't know, because like his Iron Maiden's not even in the Hall of Fame. That doesn't matter. That's just, that's <laughs> just a... always kind of like that underground hero, though. It's just yeah. a societal circle jerk. That's all they, the Hall they, is. They, they fucking built their own thing without radio play. Yeah, yeah right. So, I don't think, like, I, I, yeah, grand, like, yeah, tragedy, but fuck, I mean, those dudes... Don't you can't even go to a show without man. seeing 20 Iron Maiden shirts. You're right. Yeah. So they've made... All different. They're going to sit there and go, well, we're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, <laughs> but we've sold more shirts than probably any heavy metal band <laughs> in the history of heavy metal band. Everybody knows them. Everybody has an Iron Maiden shirt. I, right. have, I, have, th- I have three. I must say I got several. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I mean, fuck, dude. I mean, but I don't know, man. That's a weird one. I, I, I caught myself in a weird one there, but I, I guess what I was trying trying to say is that like um you know when it comes to musicality stuff sometimes you just have to do you know you, you're just a singer you know like you're, you might not be as good as the other guy but hey if you could come up with something that's catchy and you write some like all of my lyrics are about life so there's no like weird shit in there i'm just really trying to put it out there of things that i feel so like it's really easy easy for me to sing to this because it's like these are things that i really feel so I feel like I'm I'm doing the best job to interpret it, and it's it, I think in flashback it came to life a lot more because I I I don't know I just I didn't use as much effects I think that might have been what was plaguing me before is like trying to um, get that real drowned reverb that we hear a lot um, in heavy metal music uh, instead of it being up front and you know who I. You know who I got influenced from that was is um, who really influenced me on this uh, on this last record here um, was Jerry Finn. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. Do you guys know who Jerry Finn is? No, I'm not. Jerry no. Finn is a engineer, producer, musician, but he mainly did like most of his stuff was like punk bands. Um, you know, he did Green Day. He did uh rancid and out come the wolves he did pennywise about time um he did some afi records um he did afi sing the sorrow which i think is an amazing record he did sparta wiretap scars i'm not sure if you guys are familiar with sparta um i'm kind of going non-metal because for me i don't listen to heavy metal mixes to mix my albums i listen to other stuff 
because I don't want my stuff to sound like everybody else's. If that makes yeah, any yeah. sense. It makes so absolute trying, sense. So I've been just trying to kind of like go outside the box of what I do. And, you know, because like sometimes when I'll put on metal, I'm like, man, I cannot sing like that. You know, this is not the this key. This, this, this range that's happening is not haunt. Where can I find that range? And that range I found in punk. So, and like, in, I mean, I was born in 81. Uh, and for me, uh, I grew up skateboarding. And I, I talk about this a lot. Skating influences my music heavily. Um, I listened to a lot of punk. I listened to probably more punk than I did metal. The metal bands I was listening to were very, I, I mean, in, in hindsight, they're very mainstream because like, some of the places I was getting my records were like grocery stores. If you can even remember that the times when grocery stores had a cassette aisle, yep. <laughs> you would go in there and you would find Iron Maiden in there. Yep. That's what's um, so in Metallica and Megadeth. So a lot of that was coming from there. And then I'd get to go to tower records and the, the the band I heavily gravitated towards was the Misfits. They were my probably my favorite band um, growing up. I mean, Danzig is a huge influence for me. And you probably, I mean, if you go back through my Beastmaker era, that is like my tribute to horror that I needed to fulfill. I felt like I, I did all I needed to do in horror. And I know you guys are all about monsters so yeah. it's kind of like we've gone completely off topic but no it's a i listened to, I to your cover uh, skulls today in fact oh yeah this is yeah, the way bad. it blows. so badly it's so bad but I oh tried. fuck that is awesome thank you i tried i was a that was the uh we did me and andy just did that in like an hour i was like we shouldn't learn how to play it which i was like the misfits i'm pretty sure yeah the drummer never knew how to really play it um so let's just do it that way and i also um did i did another danzig cover a, lo a long time ago i did a sam hain um song um which song did i do i can't even remember right now but anyway it doesn't matter i've i've but to, to flashback like like i was saying is like i started you know kind of listening to different bands and some of these bands to be honest with you Spar I'm just looking at like Jerry Finn's um archive of bands and it is pretty he has a pretty fucking impressive um catalog of bands. I mean for people that listen to punk to alternative to anything in, in his work in the nineties, I mean there's stuff in here that everybody has has heard. You know, he did he's an assistant engineer on body counts born dead. <laughs> Oh shit! Hell yeah! I mean, I mean, this dude is tight. I mean, it's when you're looking for somebody for inspiration, that's where I got it. And so maybe flashback sounds a lot different than most of my records because of that. I was like, I'm not gonna go. I'm gonna go a different route with what I'm trying to achieve here, and um, it really came out good for me. I felt really like more at home in that area of like listening to a reference track right because i'm diy so i'm like i you know five years ago i started buying recording equipment and here i am today 
and like I, ha- I had to buy a house just so I could fucking have a studio in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, well, this is where I'm going. And, um, you know, it's so it's been a lot of like trial by fire stuff. I have, I have a lot of engineer friends that have helped me um, move along. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, when I, I, send, I send my music to one specific person, uh, my friend Ian, Ian Watts up in Portland. He has a studio called Magic Closet up there, and I really like him. I think he's a, I like him a lot because he's a songwriter. He's a great musician. So I really like tend to really like value his opinion because he plays well. And he would just tell me like, okay, no. And I sent him this last record and he's like, this is your best yet. And, you know, keep, keep going down that line. He's like, you're really starting to grow as an engineer. And I got shit on by that today by I'm doing a licensing with uh, a company in Europe um, for this record. And he's like, He's like, why is it, you know, he's like, it sounds compressed. I'm like, dude, he thought I sent him MP3s. I'm like, no, dude, these are waves. I'd like video it. It was really annoying, to be honest with you. And I'm not <laughs> much for one to not say it how it is. But when somebody fucking annoys me, it's like, you're going to know. <laughs> and I was just like, and I'm sitting there just going, I'm like, this fucking guy, as I just got off the phone, you know, like a week ago, with the guys at Decibel, who just put me on the cover of their magazine with a full feature, they're doing another, I'm not getting on the cover, but in the same year, I get another full feature, and they called, they they simply say, this is a, there's songs on here that are masterpieces. Nobody nice. has ever said that about any of my records before. They said it's good, you know, and I, I understand this, but nobody has ever, it gave me chills. To hear that from somebody, I was just like, wow, masterpiece? All right. And now I got this guy from Europe going, sounds compressed. I'm like, you don't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I recorded, in first off, another thing is I had no idea what I was doing recording music. And I do Burst into Flames in 2018. And I get number 11 spot with Rolling Stone, best heavy metal album of that year. And Gimme Radio gave me album of the year and i had no fucking clue what i was doing so there that should just tell you right there that that kind of shit i'm like get the fuck out of here with that like (laughs) that's all opinionative on on what these things sound like so um i wanted it to sound this way so this is what you get i don't need to do the deal you know what i mean it's like i don't like i'm perfectly fine just doing it all alone now I've left working with Shadow Kingdom, whom I've been working with for three years, not because I didn't like working with them. They're great. I just was like, well, I could do this myself. I don't need I don't need a bank. Not as hard as you thought. It's not. I started. Well, I started putting out seven inches. I did uh, (laughs) some Beastmaker stuff. Then I did some seven inches and I'm sitting here going, well, way cheaper doing it this way. You know, I could actually quit my job if I do this. So that was kind of really the driving force was like, I no longer have to go to a part-time job anymore. That was huge. That would be nice. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I'm like, you got, everybody could tell me this, this and that. But at the end of the day, all I want to do is sit in here and write music and not have to go to work. I don't need to be a rich guy. That's right. Fucking modest living. You're happy. 
and I'm stoked. <laughs> so why try to fucking rain on my parade? There's always <laughs> those people out there. It's always a hater. There's always somebody that it's because there's always somebody that thinks they know better. And the way that I've learned it is just to let them think that they know better. <laughs> so the, my and my way of dealing with this guy, I just gave him what he wanted. He's like, well, CD, you could do it. You know, it goes up to 22 um, kilohertz a sound. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, the reason I, I cut at 16K is because back in the day when I was doing lacquer plates, they wouldn't even take my recordings unless 36 hertz was cut. And I had another cut at 16,000. They wouldn't even they wouldn't even let me submit it. So that just kind of stuck, you know, and I'm, I'm it's like, I shouldn't have to explain that to somebody. Right. You no, know, I'm like, can you even hear? And I, and I told him, I was like, I could sit here with my mastering program that does my EQ and I could click off and on at 16 and I can't even hear it on three different sets of headphones. <laughs> so I'm going to sit here and tell, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, you can sit here and tell me all this, but like, I'm here pressing on and off on and off and there's no fucking difference (laughs) because and the only reason i did this is because he didn't believe me that the files weren't compressed he thought he thought i sent him mp3s because the file extension said itunes on it and the reason they said itunes on it is because i didn't know how i wanted the track listing who the fuck knows how they want their track listing right out the gate I put it in there so I could reorganize it. You know what I mean? Right. And, yeah. and, and, and of course, these people that take care of this side of things were like, oh, this is converted in iTunes. And I'm like, no, no, no. Give them what they want. Let them think they know what's best. So I read it, all of it today, and I was super annoyed. And I'll say that. It probably won't reach Germany anyway. And if it does, fuck who cares? <laughs> See, that, <laughs> finally, that is the attitude. That right there. Who gives a shit? Yeah. There's yeah, the music. Did you send me an MP3? Like... No, I didn't. I sent you the fucking who? And honestly, you know what? It's like maybe I goddamn did send an MP3. It's none of your fucking business. I sent you the music. You shut your mouth and publish it. That's what. Sorry, that, but that's my attitude. You know. That's really that's really how it should kind of be, and it's like, you know. And the other thing with it is, I like our initial dealings are just wholesale dealings where i'd be just drop shipping records from the plant at his door for him to sell he wanted to make more money so he was like well why don't i manufacture it here and i was like this is what you're gonna have to do for the manufacture if you want to manufacture yourself and it's probably one of the better licensing deals i've ever done in my life as far as the royalty rate and um I was just like, this is what it is. If that's that's how it's gonna be, if you want to, you know. But you know, to me, I'm like, shit. If I fucking put this out, why can't you? And I even told him, I'm like, dude, do you think you? I was like, things are going good. My pre-sale numbers are the highest they've ever been. And again, I get another feature in a fucking major publication in the same year. That does not happen for everybody. No, it doesn't. So I'm gonna sit here and fucking like have to like do more work. You're gonna you're gonna hear me fucking yell like I am right now because it happened today and it distracted <laughs> me. It distracted my day. I was like, fucking god! I thought I was done. You know, I'm sitting here going like I've already started the manufacturing process. It's like 
they found nothing wrong with it at all. And I've also put out five fucking haunt albums where I've done all the recording and all the stuff. And so far, so good. So what's the fucking problem out of the fucking nowhere? You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Like, why? <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask about your manufacturing if you did that in-house or how in the world you, because you do everything on your own. So, I mean, just how the hell do you even handle the physical merch aspect oh, hate, of it? It's so complicated because it takes way longer than you think. There's so many art issues usually. Uh -huh. The art takes longer than the music. Uh -huh. It's like, I'll get, you know, I'll send them the music and I'll hear nothing back. So when I hear nothing back, that's when I know I did a good job and it's going to go to that plate, no problem. And so since I haven't heard anything about that, great. But you know how many art changes there's been so far? <laughs> Ten. <laughs> Today, actually, fucking strangely, we're talking about this. Today... All of the art for all the... I have three things coming out. I got Flashback. I got a, this band Saber I play drums on. Got a seven-inch with them. And then I'm putting out my friend... He has a band called King Gorm out of San Diego. And it's really Yeah! Cool. Oh, Francis! Francis. And, um, <laughs> and today, okay. finally, all of the art was approved. I turned this shit in 18 days ago. <laughs> So, I mean, it's super frustrating because I'm just sitting here going, art, you know, I'll get something back. Like, well, the bleed isn't quite right here. You're gonna, I'm like, fuck me running, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there is some, some stuff that sucks because I have to, like, really be on top of that. Um, and I do get make a lot of merch because I love art. Like, it goes back to my skateboarding stuff where it's just like, I've been obsessed with graphic design for years and I just love to see it. And I love to see it with my band, you know? And, yeah. That's uh, really clear. Like all of the graphic design is very unified and very cohesive throughout your album cycles. All of them. It's always been since the day I fucking emerged. Beastmaker was my first band I led. It's like the first time I was like the fucking leader. And I feel like I've led, I've led myself to right where I want to be. So I'm just going to continue that, and it's like, it's it's really weird, because, you know, I don't know if you guys noticed, but on the last couple records I did, I really started incorporating synth into my music. Oh, yeah. I know uh, where you're going, what you did this week. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, since there's nothing to do, I just got really curious one day, because I own the licensing for Luminous Eyes and Mosaic Vision again. I was like, what would these sound like with synth? And I started, like, reimagining the song. And the next thing you know, I'm drumming on it. And, re and I re-recorded both of those records entirely. Oh. And, and I was like, these are, like, new songs now. I was like, how weird is this? And then today, just yesterday and this morning, I finished all the drums for Icarus Could Fly and Synth. And I'm working on Burst Into Flame now. Holy shit. The album yeah. or the song? The, the whole album. Holy <sighs> shit. <laughs> You're making all of your discography just a synth discography? Like so just gonna be, it's really hard to not go back because I just, once I started doing it, the songs really started to feel complete. I feel like the vision was like, 
lacking there. And I've always been a guy that really is like, you could ask my mom, it goes way back, dude. I'm talking back when I was a young dude, like just trying to write music. I always had keyboards in my little studio, I had a little four track and I put key, keyboard riffs and I would make up electronic songs all the time, like electronic punk songs. Um, and none of that actually ever worked, but I think there was just always that like underlying, like, will this work? Will people accept it? And once it was accepted, I think I got like really, um, I really opened my, my mind to like, this will be a lot of work and this is super ambitious and some people might not like it but I need to do this for myself. I need to hear these songs like this because I prefer it. I did It's In My Hands on Icarus Could Fly. It was the first one I did on that one. I, I didn't even think I was going to do Icarus. And as soon as I fucking put, I think I already had written synth for Icarus because we do It's In My Hands live and we've been trying to incorporate backing synths on there i can't afford a synth player and they don't exist in fresno <laughs> i've had an ad on craigslist for two years fuck professional band touring band yada 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 here's all my press need a keyboard player heavy metal keyboard player <laughs> nothing oh, i can get one from out of town but it's like it really complicates matters but i'm kind of out of place now too where I kind of want the guys in that I play with, I'm like, they all need to start having their own bands and their own projects and seeing their own things and doing their own thing. Because I feel like this day and age, we're all really able to be like solo songwriters <clears throat> and like really create your real vision. When you, there's people that collaborate real, real well and there's just people that feel better alone, that write better alone, it works better alone. And for those people, I'll tell you what, man, if you got that gift, and the guys that I play with do because they're all multi-instrumentalists. They have extreme musical dexterity. They could all write their own stuff. No problem. Nice. I mean, but they don't. I mean, nobody's ever brought me a song in five years, just so you guys know. It's kind of a weird thing. And I always say, they're like, well, what about, you know, like, why doesn't anybody else write? And I'm like, nobody's ever brought me anything. I'm not opposed to You're not saying they can't. They just, nobody has. Nobody has, but you know, one thing with that, and I and I and I have told this to them. I'm like, you, I have to write the lyrics. I was like, I can't sing other people's lyrics. It's very hard. Yeah, it's hard to relate to it and like actually really try. I'm just gonna be like, man, man what's this? What? <laughs> Shit. And to think that somebody could write better lyrics to, than me is hard for me to fathom. That I play with. I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, I've penned. 120 published songs. How many have you? Yeah. <laughs> I, could write, I could write fucking lyrics, man. I know this. I don't think anybody can argue with your results. No. I've <laughs> your written, I didn't mean, look how many lyrics I've written. I've written <laughs> every horror movie that has ever existed. Beastmaker has a song for it. And... While doing that, I made up all the songs that I have that aren't about movies I love or, like, screenplay ideas I had that I just created into my own songs. Oh. 
You know, Wes Craven has like 12 movies. I have like 40 songs. So I should have been Wes Craven. I'm, I'm, I'm a fool for getting into music because, man, my, my movie vision would have been phenomenal if I had gone down the right road. My dad's a heavy movie guy. I grew up watching movies all the time. It ain't too late. Movies. Huh? Still young. Said it, it ain't too late. Go and do it. It's a lot. I'm just not. I'm just. I. I don't feel like it's my calling. I feel like I had like. I. I feel like in that light, I would have been really good as a as like a shitty writer. I'd be the guy that like comes up with it but couldn't write the whole thing. But I could be like, <laughs> here's the outline. Now go make that into a story. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, I'm be- I know all too terribly well exactly what you're saying. <laughs> okay, so that would be me. So I didn't get to I didn't get to be I didn't get to go down that road for some reason. And it happened too late in life. And again, I'm from Fresno where nothing cool happens. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you should see nothing. where we're from, right? I'm for real. <laughs> I call this place nothing cool because, like, literally, I'm I'm not super pumped on anything here, other than my family lives here. That's it. If my family, if they all croaked tomorrow, we would hopefully be out of here. We would be out of here faster than we could sell our house. I would already be like, all right, let's apply for a new loan. Let's get the fuck out of here immediately. Even though I love our house, I just don't necessarily. I want. I want no neighbors. <laughs> I have neighbors all around me. Luckily, they're all hella cool and they know what's up. But <laughs> I don't really. I don't ever play past ten. Ever. I don't think I've been here for three years and I've never played past nine. I'm about to say Maybe you've never got in trouble before. Not never. There and I and when we moved in, I went and introduced myself. I'm like, hello, I'm your neighborhood heavy metal guy and i'm gonna be loud i hope you guys <laughs> like it and um once i started doing it and i like started doing the um interior of here and closing off windows and boarding shit up and making it as airtight in here as possible um my neighbor two doors down she tells me she can't even eat she's like She's like, well, what do you, you know she'll see me walk she's like hey what are you, how are you doing today and i'm like oh i got practice we just got done practicing She's like, really? Couldn't even hear you guys. So <laughs> that's good. But my neighbor behind me, he moved. He used to be, he left me a note on my door and I went and found him. It was an anonymous and I just went and that and that made me I, on his bad, if he would have never done that, I would have never met all of my neighbors. And every neighbor's house that I went to and knocked on their door to talk to them. I didn't leave there for like 25 minutes. It ended up being like, like they, they're like, oh, so you're like, what do you do? You know, like they got all interested about what I do. And um, then we're friends, you know, once you know that person's name and they see me, you know, I'm like, a, I'm a family guy, you know, like, even right. before that I've been married. I'm, you know, I'm married and like, I'm a normal, you know, we're pretty normal people here. My wife's a teacher. So, there is no partying going on here and no weird shit. So everybody just goes, Trevor's working right now. I think that's what goes in their mind. It's like, he has to work this amount of time for the day. And the drums are probably the loudest thing, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, at times they could be really therapeutic, though. It works. <laughs> I mean, again, like, I, my wife can't even hear me inside. Whoa. So, You've done a good job. I think I did, and I've been, I've, been, I've been doing it long enough in here to get away with it. So that's another reason I fear moving, because, like, you don't know when you're going to get a shit fucking neighbor. And I'm just <laughs> like, I get rid of them. I'm like, I hope none of my neighbors leave. The guy behind me, he moved, and the new people suck, too. But I think they fear me because I have seniority. <laughs> <laughs> I found out something interesting about sound violations, sound code violations. It takes several people to file a legal dispute against you before you can actually really receive a ticket that you have to pay. So if most of them like you, you're still good. So the cops come here and they lie to you. And they go, well, this is your warning. Well, come to find, that's all they can do. (laughs) So once I started realizing this, when I went and talked to the guy behind me and I was like, hey, there's really nothing you could do. So we need to figure out a time that works best for you. And I'll play in that time period. And then when he was like, well... Basically, um, no time is really good. Can't you play in your basement? And I'm like, have you ever been in a California basement? <laughs> What's it like in a California basement? basement? They're fucking, dude. dude there's, <laughs> half the people in this city do not even know what a basement is. <laughs> like, basement? I mean, we don't, we have, don't have basements here either. It's, it's a very weird thing. And I'm like, I could fit a drum set in there. Maybe. I mean, I got a fucking studio filled to the brim with shit. I mean, if you guys can see me on here, here's my here's my desk area. So this is my recording area. Nice. And then and then I got my drum area right here. You can see all my stuff. And in the in the beauty, you want to know why I could work so fast? Is this is set up twenty four hours a day? They don't right. gotta wait to set anything up. I just press record. Yeah, I have that all in my living room, unfortunately. I am envious. <laughs> I mean, it took me years, dude. This is five years in the making right now. Five full fucking blown years of nervous breakdowns. I've had about 20. <laughs> it is I gorgeous. I feel that. Um, I feel so good about Haunt now, you know, kind of reverting it back to the solo project idea. That way I can work in a way that works for me instead of, it was really hard for me to detach this emotional feel that I get to people because I am that guy that just is like, I'm not like a fucking, I, I hope I'm not an asshole. I, I, I certainly, I, I don't believe I come off as one, um, but not this one. <laughs> I don't know. You guys can make your own opinion of me later. But, <laughs> no. Um, um it just was really hard for me to detach from everybody and be like, hey, look, you guys, sorry, but I just need to do this. And it just finally, it took me a few times to realize, like, yo, this is not working the way that I want it to. It was so much easier when I had, like, you know, I was I was handling everything in those Beast Maker, in that Beast Maker time period where I did all those EPs and stuff. I felt like, even though it might, I, like when I went, when I go back and listen to my music, it's rarely is it haunt. It's usually Beastmaker, because I think I just like those recordings better. 
Really? That was early on. They stand out to you. I don't know. I could they definitely just, see. They just, they just have like, I don't know. They feel completed. I never felt like super complete. Like we did mind freeze. I was like, I tried to get real creative. My best friend Andy was like, "Let me record the drums. Give yourself a break." Which turned that that was completely. And he'll he'll even tell you he's like, "That was a bad idea." <laughs> he would be able to tell you it was it, on many reasons. For one, um, we had a very interesting kick drum problem with the recording as i'm going through the mix and i'm just like trying to get this fucking which i thought was some of my best music that i ever wrote to this day i've been redoing stuff on that too because that was a, just a disaster in my in my mind um so when we get to the kick and i'm just like listening to it and i'm like why is the right side louder Come to find out, he recorded it, and the kick drum was slightly panned a little bit too much to one speaker. Oh, no. And I don't even know how he, he recorded it in the stereo. I don't even know. Because I kept telling him, like, why are these files in stereo when we recorded a mono? What the fuck is going on? So I had all these problems. We'd spent a week recording it. I didn't even want to go back. I was just like, I don't want to go back. I was like, it is what it is at this point. So, because I, I mean, I had a lot of work to do. I did all the guitars. I had to write, you guys realize I write everything. I even wrote the drums. So I, I had to like orchestrate the whole time. So there's a lot on my plate when it comes to doing a recording. So uh, many layers. Like, yeah, so many fucking layers. So it's just like, I have to move on to something else. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm putting synth on this one. That was a huge thing. I'd never done that before. So here I am, like, trying to put that into the songs and then, like, questioning it constantly. I'm like, is the heavy metal community going to like this? Because like, <laughs> they're super critical. They are the most critical in the world. Um, so, now you're putting scent on everything. Well, yeah. I mean, because, again, like I said, it's, like, something that I, I, I think it's just been there for years. And I've always loved keyboards. Um, and they, they just really complement things a lot. It gives it a little added layer that I really like like with melodies. I write a lot of melodies, so it's really easy to put these keyboard parts in. It's not even a thought. I'm just like, boom. I could write the keys to a song. The reason that they're all getting like keys, I did eight songs in less than a day on the keyboards. We're in that zone. I think it took me four hours. Dang. <laughs> so I I wouldn't sit there and go, this is really hard. Now I know kind of where to go and how to put it in my music. And luckily, since like I never signed over, nobody owns my masters. I'm one of those rare people that gets to go back. And it's different because I'm adding something else to it. Most bands would just want to go, oh, I just want to redo this because I just don't like the way it sounds. To me, it's like, this is a different record now. Right. It's way you different. I feel like you're making it better. You could have, well, I don't know. I think it's better, but some people might not. So it's cool because the, the one way that I, I was trying to figure out in my mind, logistically, how to put this out there into the world. And the only thing that made sense to me was, okay, since Bandcamp is the only place 
where when you buy a haunt record, you get a digital download. I'm just going to, I mean, it's funny because like, I don't know if you guys play like any, like I play this game called Forge of Empires on my phone. And like, you have to like buy these diamonds and stuff, to, like <laughs> build land and shit. And Bandcamp is kind of the same for like, the, the more you sell, the more download codes you get. Oh, and yeah. I've, they dangle that shit over you. And I'm, I've yeah. never used one before. And I looked the other day, and it was like something astronomical. It was like, you have 250,000 available download codes. So Jesus I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I'm not, a, I'm not lacking in the download code. I was like, I haven't even sold... I haven't even sold a fucking tenth of that as far as records go. So, anyway, um, well, I, maybe I have. I don't know, actually. Um, but, um, anyway, I figured a good way to roll that out with, with, with being, you know, my having my fans in mind is like, hey, if you bought it, you get this for free, too. I'm not going to charge you twice for the same record. That way, in hopes of people not going like, well, what the fuck is going on? I got to buy this now, too. They don't have to buy it. They could listen to it for free. But again, like, I'm going to want to see it on vinyl. I'm going to want to see it on cassette because I like those formats. I like to see the art big. I like to see the colored vinyl. I like to spin it sometimes. I don't listen to as many records as I used to because I'm making music. But there was a time in my life where I enjoyed putting a, a record on and, and sitting there and listening right. those, days, those days are less now when you when it comes to being a professional musician with the work drive i have i don't listen to as much my, the, the things i'm listening to are the reference tracks that i'm like i'm listening to jerry finn who's passed away so i think it's kind of interesting that i chose him to as as my mentor um for my sound right you know like this dude a lot of the stuff he did was California-based, too. So there's that California thing that I just really drive. I drive that home all day. I think Haunt is like California metal. Yeah, I can definitely. Do you, do you always work with the same artist, too? I work with three different artists. Okay. I was wondering if you always work with the same guy because it all with, seems so I streamlined. Matt, I work with Max from Brewmaster Visual Decay. He's the main artist. Lately, my new art has been done by this guy, Daniel Porta, from, uh, he has a, his Instagram is Pitforge, and he's mainly known for chroming logos, but he's come out with my favorite design I just released, like, a week ago, this, uh, the artwork for Winter's Breath shirt, he's, we were just talking, I've been really, like, going down this rabbit hole of having the least amount of black keys humanly possible, um, Mainly for myself. I wear, I, usually I'm wearing a haunt shirt. Today I'm wearing Deadlord. But um, anyway, um, it's like one of those weird things where it's like, I really like to wear color. Because again, like I'm from California. Black is fucking hot here. <laughs> you know, I put a black shirt on and I go outside and five minutes later I'm like, poof, that was a bad idea. You know, it's like right. real quick. <laughs> Same real here. Quick, Real quick, you're fucking questioning those that move, and I, that so I do yellow. I do these cooler colors, and I've done I've done red, green, yellow, and I'm about to do my first blue shirt. Um, it's like an icy blue, um, 
and I'm, and it's in his artwork that he did with it to go with that color. I was just so blown away. Um, so it's really cool to work with these guys and I, I owe a lot to them. And, you know, I, I like to keep these guys working as much as possible. So like for haunt, I don't feel like there could ever be enough merch because I'm like, these guys, they're doing their, their dream is to be these artists. They want to do it full time. It's so hard to do because just like music, I mean, like it, to be a musician this day and age, I would almost tell people, unless you really fucking love it and can suffer to not do it because everybody wants to listen to your album for free. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Not as many people buy records anymore. And, and it's almost like they're feel, there's like a, a sense of entitlement now. They're like, well, I just listen to everything on Spotify. Yeah. So it's created this like this new era of music. And I I didn't put I don't know if you guys have noticed this or have been following. Flashback is not on any commercial digital distribution at all. Oh yeah, yeah, it's all on uh, Bandcamp exclusively, right? For one year, if you want the new new, you have to visit my my page. It's That's like more. It's, I like it's a, it. And it's just, and it's just, you know, I'm trying to promote the fact that musicians cannot survive, even on my level where I do make money on Spotify every year. Let me tell you this right now. This is a fact. I could not, I would have to have a full-time job if I, if I was on a major label. Wow. And because that's the sad. The percentage I would get, my royalties, and how many records I sell, I would be doing really badly. But since I do have really good deals in place for myself that I learned after Beast Baker, I do see Spotify money. And it's not amazing when i look at how many plays and followers i have i go if one if every single one of these people bought my record i would be a millionaire right now right straight out straight up not saying i want i need to be a millionaire i mean it's definitely a goal of mine because i definitely i mean i'm too i want to be a millionaire who fucking doesn't that means i could take (laughs) vacations Right. You know? right. I'm like, I know vacations. Like. I'm fucking thinking about money the whole time. I'm like, I'm like, oh man, that was expensive. I, I, I'm like a fucking diva on vacation. I have to have three smoothies a day. Um, I go like go to a restaurant, and my meal minimum is twenty five dollars. Like, <laughs> I don't know why I have to like order multiple things because I just like I'm like I don't know. I kind of want an appetizer right now, and I want this. Ah oh, man. Okay, $25, and then you got a tip, so it's $35. So um, it gets real pricey out there for me real quick, and it's just like one of those things that's always plagued me about going anywhere, especially being in a band. I've always had to save a lot of money before I go on tour. I've never really come home with any because I always live. I'm like, I'll be, I'll, I'll go into a shoe store and spend $300 on Eric Jordan's. No joke. This has happened like several times. So these are things that I come across because I'm like, I think I'm trying to fill a a hole with, with just being out there. Like I have to do all these things to make myself feel good, which isn't a bad thing. You know, it's just like treat yourself. I only live one time. I'm going to say you're alive. You should feel good. Yeah. I'm like, save the money and go. You don't need to anticipate. You're out here putting in work. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, you know, you, you don't, I don't anticipate like, you know, these huge things where it's like, all right, I, I, I'm going to make this much money on this tour, yada, yada, yada. I look at it as like this. I'm like, all right, I'm saving this much money for the tour, so I don't have to worry about it. Right. I don't have to worry about losing anything. I just go, and and that's it. Try to have fun somehow, and that's the only way to have fun is to have all the things you like. I make smoothies at home two, three times it. a day. So if you remove, you know how much coffee I consume? My God, <laughs> I consume too damn much. Myself. I mean, three fucking smoothies a day. I mean, it's a it's a miracle. I'm not shitting right now. I consume <laughs> other three things. Smoothies, three smoothies and five cups of coffee. You would think you would just be blowing a fucking hole in the fucking atmosphere. We can take a bathroom break if you need to. <laughs> I'm like sitting here, I'm like, you know, but I'm not, but I'm not, it's, it's shocking. I, I say after a while, the smoothies like completely detox your body to where it's like, all of a sudden you, you, you have these gassy moments and then you don't it's like you're free and clear, but that's an expensive. Think about that though. Um, you know, we don't think about like, I don't think a lot of people like take into account these like everyday things that you you know that you like i'm not saying these are necessities but these are things that i'm accustomed to and i'm i I, i've grown to accustom to these things because they've been a part of my life for years you know i didn't really get a break into music until i was 32 years old you know when did you start like as a uh like i don't know like maybe that Maybe I'm a little too gone right now, guy. I've been smoking with you. I might have to slow down. <laughs> I mean, I, you can see I've had to relight this joint like several times. Yeah, when, when, <laughs> when did you start? A cup of coffee. <laughs> when did you start trying to get into music professionally? My whole life. I heard that. But the thing is, is like I always try to follow somebody else's vision before i never really had my own i had things i wanted to do and i was always a really good contributor to other people's songs like i could always come up with my own parts i didn't have to like they wouldn't have to teach me the parts either they could come in and they show it to me and like boom i knew how to play it like immediately so i just kind of always played that role for many years i i had a friend my friend chris anaya and Matt Sargent. I lived in in Sacramento for a number of years. And these two guys, they were doing, as far as I, I knew at the time, I was never into that kind of music, but they did like an indie folk kind of thing. And they came into some really bad luck. Their guitar player like left right as they like recorded an album. And they were going on tour for three months. And my friend Matt, that played bass was like, I know this dude. Um, he's probably, and he tells me, he goes, he's probably not the right fit as far as the way he is, but he could play. He could play, and he'll and he'll listen. And I always have. I've always been a really good listener when it comes to other people's visions. I'm always like, just what do you need? I'll make it happen for you. You know, I don't I like the guy that's that guy that's gonna be like, I'm gonna make this a sinking ship. I'm going to help make that motherfucking ship float. You know what I mean? That's my mentality is like, I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best for you. And so I came in there 
and you know i was like well okay this band's signed they were on drive through records and i again like i said this was never my band he had like two albums out before i even joined so he's already on his what he was already on his way i just happened to be a, a known dude that literally i could not find a band nobody wanted to do thrash metal like there was a good era, era of time in the early 2000s where it was like, if you weren't wanting to do Queens of the Stone Age or The Strokes or something like that style, like, not very many people were really having it. And, like, a lot of the metal that was around at that time was w a little bit more new metal and a little bit more extreme. While right. I was a little bit more old school wanting to do, like, Blue Oyster Cult Black Sabbath type stuff. Um, which I got to do in Beastmaker. So... Hey, eventually I got there. Um, exactly. But but the thing is, is they took me out on the road for the first time. I was like 23 or so when I started doing that. And I um, stayed with them for a couple of years just because there was always a, they, you know, I, I quit that band so many times. I can't even count. <laughs> I think I quit that band eight times. <laughs> And somehow, and it was so shitty because Matt Sargent, to this day, is one of my best friends in the world. When we play Sacramento, we always stay at his house. I have a room there, so I get treated like royalty when I go there. I'm like, fuck a hotel. I get my own bedroom, and it's like wonderful. And it's like I wake up in the morning, and his wife has coffee made for me. And then when we get, and usually, and this is the fucking kicker. When we get there, he'll come to the show and he'll leave after we play. But we go, when we get to his house, there's an extra large cheese pizza waiting there. <laughs> Who the Best fuck service. would want to stay there? That's right. <laughs> you'd, have to be a, you'd have to be a fucking fool because where do you even find the pizza at 2 a.m.? <laughs> That's you know? exactly right. So he's fucking rad. But anyway, every time he called me, I somehow got convinced to go back on tour with them. And every time I was just like, man, I kept telling them, I'm like, you guys, this, this is not what I want to be doing. I'm like, I'm like over here, like listening to Guns N' Roses and like. Dreaming of heavy that. days. And just, just like more rock and roll metal, old school, old school classic rock. And these guys were like. Every time I get in the van, I'd be like, what the... I mean, the shit they were listening to, they were listening to shit like Wilco. And luckily, weird weird that the drummer of this band just so happened, even though he's like a major indie rock guy, he was super into Megadeth. So when Nothing we wrong with drive, it was it was terrible because there was a fight for Driver because the Driver got to pick the music. And they hated when... Aaron and I would drive or Matt because we'd listen to da nothing but Danzig, Megadeth, or Slayer. <laughs> I'm in this band that had like five dudes in it, and the three of them hated heavy metal. Wow. So it was weird. So that was kind of the first time like I ever got like, but I look back at those times and I go, thank God I did that because I got to go on tour a lot. I, they were always on the road. I mean, those tours would be three months. Three fucking months of touring. Dang. I don't even do that anymore. <clears throat> three weeks is a long time for me now. I'm like, I'm like 28 days. I'm like, God damn. And then I look back, I'm like, shit, dude, there was a tour where I lived out of a suitcase for a quarter of the year. 
you know? And we would, we would get stuck places all the time too. We would break down or shows would get canceled. Cause I mean, that's a lot of gigs. So we, there, a lot of gigs got canceled and we would be stuck in like middle of nowhere, Nebraska for like three days. And it's like, we couldn't go anywhere literally cause there was nowhere to go. And for some reason we would find people that let us just sleep at their house for like three days. It was ridiculous. But, <laughs> but those things helped craft me. Those were good guiding points. And it also showed me a leader because that band was a singer songwriter. So it was one guy's vision. And I saw all the hard work he had to put into it. That's why I never really did a band on my own. I was like, this is too much fucking work. <laughs> you know, I was like, man, this is a lot. Like, this is a lot to chew. And it just it just got to the point where it was like, I, I'd quit drinking and it had been like three years of me being alcohol free. And I'd been playing in bar bands with my uncle and making, making money doing that shit. And, um, I finally just got this like urge just to be like, you know what? I'm not getting any younger. If I'm going to really give this a go, I need to just try to do my own thing. And boom, here we are. Fast forward. 2020. <laughs> Can't even can't even go on tour now. <laughs> hey, we see what you're doing though. <laughs> so when you, your, when you and your dad started working together musically, what would you say is the the main thing that he kind of helped you with change or what was well, his biggest when, influence? So so with with my dad, he got a little bit more invested when I started doing Haunt. He didn't really like all the Satan horror shit that I was portraying before even though he's the guy that introduced me to every horror movie that ever existed in the 1960s and 70s. Um, pretty weird. I, and I'd always tell him, I'm like, this stuff is not to be taken literal. I'm not religious. So for me, right. I'm like, I don't believe any of that stuff. I'm You're like, just having fun. this is a story. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm just trying to portray a story with music. Nothing more. Um, so he didn't really dig that, but Haunt, he like gravitated towards heavily. And he was like, this could be good. He's like, and, and he guided me on Icarus. He's, he told me to change some stuff. And I went and changed it for the better. Um, and by the time I got to doing the next record, full length, Mind Freeze, I showed him three songs. And, 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 and he was just like, I taught you everything you needed to know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good sign. So I was just like, all right. He's like, my work is done. Like, what could I tell you to do, you know? And with flashback, when I started showing him that, he's just like, he's like, at this point, you know, I've just, I've just excelled in areas my dad did not. He's not a songwriter. He's not, uh, he is a multi-instrumentalist, but he can never play drums and he can never lead sing. So granted, my dad will fucking kick my ass on the bass. I wish he was still like really into playing bass. Cause I just be like, dad, come play bass on my record. Awesome. I can't play that fast anymore. I got arthritis. Oh. <laughs> he's 74. He's not a young chicken, man. I look oh. at his knuckles and I go, God damn, if that's what your knuckles look like, I don't even want to know what I'm going to look like at 74. I think my, whole, my finger is just going to be a knuckle. It'll be like that. <laughs> Shit. Just by looking at my parents, I'm like, I'm fucking doomed. <laughs> I already feel it, you know what I mean? I, like, wake up every day, and, I'm like, I'm, like, up, oh, wrist hurts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know how, and 
And plus, you don't think about how many times I click the mouse, dude. <laughs> the carpal tunnel said click the mouse close to like a million times by the time an album's done. One million mouse clicks, two million guitar pickings, <laughs> hundred thousand drum hits. I, I mean, but I love it. I really, I, I honestly can't say that I don't enjoy doing it. Even though I say like I'm, I've been a little bit distracted and hot with my records up to this point. Um, it was just because I, I think again, like I say, you go back to those Beastmaker EPs where I just felt inc- and really content. I didn't feel that contentness, and it might be because like Haunt was so new as well. Beastmaker, I'd already been doing it for two years. You know what I mean? Right. So I was like really like. Well, I got this. With Haunt, it was kind of been a journey. It was like, I wrote these songs, I recorded them here. You know? I've never been a big, like, okay, I must perfect this song. Because to me, once it's played from point A to point B, with no flaws, like, as far as the performance goes, what more can I do? Even though now when I go back and listen to, it's funny going back to, like, Luminous Eyes, because I listen to some of the vocals isolated, I'm like, oh, <laughs> what the i let that get on the album you know i'm so much more picky now you know i'm like like i've learned so much from my own little mistakes over the years where it's like you go back three years and you're like holy shit those those lines i said the wrong word (laughs) (laughs) it's like like shit like that i'm finding i'm like wow and literally the the last song on the ep fallen star i I recorded that the day before I turned it into Shadow Kingdom because, like, I, I put it out as three songs initially. The fourth was added later. Damn, that's crazy. So it was just all, like, Luminous Eyes was a demo. It never really got recorded, like, right. I did it in a weekend, and I never looked at it again. I was like, done. <laughs> really? Yeah. Sounds terrible. That's crazy. I mean, that's one man. of my that's one of my favorite releases. So I mean, it, it sounds great. I know. I was about to say, "Fallen Star" is like my favorite track. <laughs> I, and it's funny. Wait till you hear the new "Fallen Star." It's gonna make you re. It's gonna make you fall in love with it more. I'm telling you. It, I didn't Uh-oh. really change anything other than just being a much better performer and a better engineer. Like. I think those two combinations and then adding that synth layer in there, I I feel like it was missing. You know, now when I listen to it, I can't even listen to the other version because I'm like, I I, I was playing them side by side. And I was just like, how weird, because it's the same song, yet it's so different now. So different, just from one little element. I didn't change any lyrics. I didn't change the delivery. I kept it all the same. It's just perf- it's just done better, you know? So it's weird. And I felt like once I started kind of, like I said, you know, you start adding, like I put synth on it, automatically I've reimagined the song. And when I'm listening to it, I'm like, this doesn't go with this music anymore. Like it's out of, something's out of place. Right. Then I did the drums. And then I was like, all right, now it's, now we're talking. And then once I redid the guitars, I'm talking, it just started with one song. I think I started with Luminous Eyes, actually. And, like, I think I, I was telling you guys, I had previously um, 
done some backing tracks because we were trying to incorporate this live because of Mind Freeze. And so I had already had some synth to it. So when I went back and pressed play, I never listened to it with the music. So it was always just kind of like I wrote it and it was just like there. And then I went and pressed play and I was just like, okay. And then that kind of made me go down the rabbit hole of just like putting it on everything and actually really... I, I I didn't keep what I had originally for Luminous Eyes. It was real basic. I went and made it way more complex and more beautiful to my ears. But I think those songs were really good written songs. I, I think that's the beauty of them. Is like those were my my first songs is Haunt and like the realness of just like being like here, no 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 frills attached was uh, a thing. But now, like, now I think it's like you could have both. You know, like I said, it's like there's going to be these two very there's two versions. Right. And you get to pick which one you think is better and you can like. And, and like I said, we're, we're, you know, another thing is like I'm a growing musician. The band is growing every day. Every time I look on my pages, I'm just like, whoa. And even with like Bandcamp cells, I'm barely able to do it anymore. I have to, I've been trying to hire somebody which is mind boggling to me. I'm like about to hire my first employee. I, I can't trust anybody. I am such a fucking perfectionist with shipping stuff. Cause I, I don't like responding to emails cause I get so many fucking emails a day that are just like band camp and then just like other stuff. And then all the other bullshit you get in your email generally every day anyway, that I'm just like, man. And I see something in there and it's like wrong order. And I'm like, fuck. Mm. All right, I gotta actually email this person, and now I'm also <laughs> now I'm dealing with some some another problem, inventory issues. So like I'll have the wrong amount of records in there, and I'm like these don't exist anywhere, and I have to do a refund and let like do all this stuff. But I've had two people here for the job, and I can't take either of them on because more stuff came back in those two days in the last three years. Just and sending it out wrong orders. Wrong shit. I am super, I didn't realize how good I was at that job until I saw other people doing it. I mean, and right, that's your own music, that's your own fans, so you're I on top love, of it. I love, there's something about putting it together for my fans. Personally, even though I can't write to everybody anymore, but everybody that writes me a message, I reply to all of them. I wish I had the time to give a thank you to everybody. So anybody that's listened, that's bought it, thank you. You know, <laughs> but you got to realize now I'm a dad. I'm the main, you know, I'm re recording all this music all the time. I'm doing other bands, other things, trying to do my own label, even though I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm a label because I'm mainly a label for myself. So it's a different kind of thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like, I can't really take on many other, other bands. Cause it's like, I don't have time for you. You know, I'm not going to lie to him. It's like, with with the, with the band Saber that I'm working with out of, out of out of LA, these guys are like the singer is like a good friend of mine, and they're able to come record here, so they don't have to have any budget and they don't have any like recoupable to like get, you know what I mean? So it's like I don't have to go give them seven thousand dollars to go record somewhere and then have to recoup that, so they can make money right off the right off the bat. It's kind of a killer deal if you live in California. Um, because I can find the time to, you know, do a session with these dudes. 
and get out a record. But like doing other bands, I mean, that's like a massive investment. And then I got to like, you know, do all the stuff. I don't, I don't think I'm really interested in all that. And also I'm not really, in, it's, this is going to sound stupid to a lot of people, but I'm not really interested in distribution either because I'm, I'm on the orchard with Haunt and Beastmaker and I've been in a lot of record stores and I won't see my stuff everywhere. And I'm like, distro only is as good. Like somebody has to have heard of your band that buys metal in that record store in order to be in there. And that's something I realized. And a lot, and I feel like you could deal firsthand with these mom and pop places. It's like, why do you have a middleman and make it so impersonal? Are you that like, it's like, I'm just doing me really. So it's like, I will talk to whoever I need to, to get into those stores. So it's like, I, I'm not really interested in, in, in that line of stuff. It's like, I also, I'm like, I was trying to think the other day when the last, like I buy so many records online, like it's insane. That's where I buy almost 99% of my stuff. Mm -hmm. I'll go into a record store and I'll see something I want. But generally, I cannot pay $75 for first pressing. Right. And we don't, I don't even think we have a local record store anymore. Yeah. I mean, they, the one here in town, we got a couple like small ones here that do vinyl exclusively and they all carry my shit. So as far as I'm concerned, the, the big store, they carry my CD, but that, you know, but not, not vinyl. So. I don't know, man. It's a weird thing. It's a weird day and age. I think that, you know, the way that I'm doing things, granted, may, you know, again, I'm not saying I could be, I'm the best at it, but I enjoy doing it. So therefore just leave me be, you know, right. I've had, I've had uh, bigger labels interested in my stuff. They will never be able to give me what I want. Usually I start the conversation with this. Are you going to give me enough money to leave Fresno? <laughs> and then they hang up that's the end of the discussion right <laughs> yeah. there well yeah. they're like where do you want to live i'm like well some i'm like well i already live in california i was like i don't want to leave here but i want to live on the coast you know and everybody knows living on the coastline in california is expensive right that's where you have to be a millionaire or live in a trailer on some land and be like a self-sustaining hippie, which I'm not. I can't even grow a cactus. I kill more cactuses, dude, in the desert. Oh. <laughs> That's how gnarly I am at growing stuff. So I am not in the zombie apocalypse. Just fucking put me down. <laughs> put me down, bro. I'm worthless. I, I guess you could, you could sing the zombies. You know, you listen. Unless the zombies like shred guitar, what the yeah. fuck am I gonna do for? I could cut hair. I could cut people's <laughs> hair. I did that for twenty years, but I get and and really like through all this corona shit that's going on, fuck hairdressers right now are just like everybody's favorite thing because everybody's covered in more hair than they're they're accustomed to. Right, and you can work from home. You could. I don't. I, I saw. I don't do it anymore. I did this shit for twenty years. I'll that's never a long do it again. I, I'm done. Done. <laughs> I don't. What made you get out of that? I needed to get music. I finally was able to survive off of it. Word. 
That's what's up. That's the I dream. Had, in order to do that, I had to be the guy writing and doing everything. I had to be the fucking mastermind. And that takes 24-7, dude. Yes, Shit. Sir. Let, let, me tell you something. let me tell you something real quick. I know we're probably getting short on time here. But when I started Beastmaker, I would get up at 5 a.m. to write riffs. And then go That's to work at 7 a.m. I was teaching at a beauty college. I had to be there first thing in the morning because I taught classes. I was a floor. I was the floor instructor. After I got off work from there, I went to the salon and I worked for four hours. So I worked five hours there, four four hours at the salon, and then on the weekends I worked in my bar band playing gigs from 9 a.m. till two. Hard for work. Three years straight. That's how you so, get your own studio in your house. Well, that, I, I had to make, I told you, when I go out on tour, I'm expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I had to save up, I had to save up fucking two grand for smoothies, dude. Jamba <laughs> juice ain't cheap, dude. You go in there. Hey, you work hard for the money. $21 a day. And then I can't just go into Jamba juice and just get a juice. I have to have a wheat, I have to have a wheatgrass shot. And I have to have a fucking street um, waffle. Have you guys had their street waffles? No. Dude. Oh. <laughs> Fuck me running if those things. I could eat 20 of them. <laughs> and they're like $4 a piece. Good lord. Yeah. Mm. So anyway. So, but that was kind of my life before. And like I said, like the suffering is like we all must suffer right now. Right. I think everybody will. I think everybody will come out harder after this and in, in, a, in a good way. We're not right, so right. reliant on, um, you know, people like myself that I'm a horrible cook. I've had to learn how to cook a couple things so they can't fucking go out <laughs> to eat three times a day. Right. And everybody's right. growing their own garden. Yeah. My, my wife is the one. She does all that. I, I do. Like I said, like me and growing, no good. <laughs> not saying that one day I won't be as good at that, but I do not have the time right now to go outside and check all the plants in this heat. I guarantee they're all on drip lines here. Fresno will kill everything. Well, Trevor, I think we've kept you a bit too long we don't we're going on two hours here yeah we're, we're good i think you got some good shit <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, I, I would say we definitely did and, uh, right, guys. it was dude, definitely just, awesome talking to you man dude it's been Thank great God. man thank you so much we'll have you back on. anytime hey, if you ever sure, come to guys. the southeast you'll see us at later, a show for sure man right. later guys